0: Welcome in everyone to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio along as well. The Talking Tide Twitter feed, of course, is talking underscore Tide. And you can get our podcasts all over the place, really. You can go to our web host, first and foremost. They'll drop there first, always. That's Podbean.com. Also, if you've got iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. You can get the Talking Tide podcast that way. And, Travis, we we do a bit of a post-mortem on this uh, Alabama Sweet 16 NCAA tournament loss coming just off the heels of the uh, the final gun here. Uh, Alabama goes down by 10 in overtime. The final score, 88-78. And, and uh, you know, It kind of begins and ends with free-throw shooting in this one, doesn't it, Travis?
1: It does. And, you know, if you had told me UCLA was going to win a game in the upper 80s, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Yes, it required overtime to get there, but definitely free-throw shooting. NATO's not a fan of that mid-range game. And free-throws kind of qualify as mid-range shots. And uh, oddly enough, it's the free-throws that were largely – uh, the, the determining factor in Alabama's end uh, for the 2020 2021 season. Also, three point shooting. You know, UCLA made three more threes than Alabama on one more attempt. Alabama just seven of 28 from three. But yeah, you, you just can't get this deep in the tournament and win many, if any, games going 11 of 25 from the free throw line.
0: No, that's for sure. They, they were terrible at the line, uh, missed most of their shots, missed them late in the regulation. They missed them in overtime. They, they missed them uh, at every turn in this game. And, and uh, yeah, it cost you. It's it's the way we've seen Alabama teams go out of the tournament in the past, certainly, uh, and, and it uh, came back to buy. It's really been not a bad free-throw shooting team on the whole this year. So I can't sit here and say that, that free-throw shooting is – uh, kind of been a bugaboo for them all year, like we have seen from past Alabama teams. But it certainly caught up with them uh, against the Bruins. And you know, I think also noteworthy, Travis, that this was this was a game where Alabama's most seasoned players, with a couple of exceptions, but Alabama's veterans, the guys they count on the most, didn't have much of a game. Frankly, you got two early fouls for Herb Jones. He never gets into a rhythm, finishes with eight points. Uh, John Petty, for the second NCAA tournament game in a row, pretty much disappears in the first half. Both games against Maryland and UCLA, he comes back with a big second half. He did finish with 16, Uh, but from a guy like Petty, who's been around as long as he has, uh, you need contributions from him uh right from the tip you can't wait till halftime to get, to get that guy going and and Jaden Shackelford uh who's who's you know not exactly a senior but he's been around uh he didn't have much of a night 2 of 7 from the floor only 4 points for him Shackelford uh you know leads this team in scoring on a fairly regular basis so uh those three performances right there hurt Alabama for sure
1: They did and you're right You can get through the first round, the second round, without your stars being your stars in the tournament. Once you get to the 16 and beyond, your heroes have to be your primary heroes. And that's not to pick on Herb Jones or John Petty. And certainly Alex Reese was a hero, hitting the three at the end of regulation to send this thing to overtime. But largely, the guys that sort of impacted you for Alabama we're more of the bench guys. And, you know, you're talking about, obviously, Javon Quinterly, uh, who once again was six, uh, 20 points in the game, leads the way from a scoring perspective, uh, five rebounds, an assist, just one turnover. Uh, excuse me, yeah, one turnover in 35 minutes. He actually had three assists. So, uh, the bench continued to be a real highlight. Uh, Jawan Gary, that was big, late in regulation. He fouls out, even when Reese hit the shot to send the game into overtime. My first thought is they got to try to win this thing in overtime without Jawan Gary. And as good as Jawan Gary has been, if Herb and Petty and your other stars are playing at a high level, you're probably not thinking that as much. You know what I mean, Chase? You're not thinking, oh, wow, Jawan Gary's not going to be there in overtime because your, your guys are, are stepping up. So, you just hate it for those guys because it's been such a great season and the indelible mark that they've made on this program will resonate for years to come. I mean, th- none of this happens without these guys coming back Herb and, and John Petty for another season. So uh, you have to be careful, but no, I, I think they'd be the first to tell you that they, they felt like in uh, the, the the biggest stage, uh, they didn't, they didn't quite have it
0: for whatever reason. Definitely a big night for Jawan Gary. Like you said, eight points. He, uh, Uh, Was big on the boards for Alabama too. Uh, A defensive presence, uh, scrappy play from him, uh, really all night. And uh, you know, sometimes those those offense, sometimes those rebounds don't all come off long. And Alabama's got a really nice knack for the tip out rebound, right? Uh, But when the rebound doesn't come off long, Jawan Gary is a guy you want going after it. And uh, he was he he was solid tonight. He's got some Dennis Rodman to him in that way. Not
1: only is he really good at anticipating, you know, boards and, and kind of where they're going and you saw him with a huge, uh, where they really needed it in the second half. He got an offensive board to sort of illustrate his impact on the game. Uh, he got a big offensive board off one of those missed free throws and a putback. Then he goes down on the other end. And Tiger Campbell, who was a real problem, you know, Tiger Campbell had 13 points, five assists, just one turnover, but he also set the tone, I thought, defensively for the game in getting a couple of early fouls on Herb. I thought Herb was trying too hard. You know, it was like Herb was looking at possessions early as if they were getting 10 points for a bucket instead of just two. He was, you know, and I understand it. He, he wants to win. You know, the guy's an ultimate competitor, but uh, – Alabama really, really trying too hard early, and they overcame it, ended up getting a lead, and then UCLA went on the run. But, uh, no, I I thought Gary was tremendous, and he does have some of that Rodman in that he can guard multiple guys, and then he's a double jumper. His second jump is quick. He's a quick jumper as much as he is an explosive leaper, and he can do that
0: too. Campbell, a thorn in the side, like you said, not only picking up, not only drawing the two early fouls on Herb Jones, which – Changed the complexion of the game early. He also had a big steal of a Herb Jones pass late in the game Yeah, uh, that, that that he was able to convert on the other end that was big. Kind of lost in all this, Travis. Two two points for Alabama. One, I guess you already hit on the Reese three. That was huge. For him to be uh, pretty much a non-factor in the game throughout and then bury that thing like he did at the end of regulation – Definitely impressive, ice in his veins for sure, knocking down that shot. He only took two shots the whole game, and and, and one of them forced the overtime from, from a long way out. Uh, and the other, uh, the second-half run that Alabama made coming right out of the half, of course, UCLA led 40-29 to 29 at halftime and, and uh, was in a position to maybe run away with this thing. Alabama tied the game at 40 before UCLA got its first basket of the second half. So, uh, you you know, even though Alabama had a kind of a dud of a first half, especially on the offensive end, really both ends, uh, they did come out guns blazing in the second half like you knew they had to.
1: They had to. And again, though, give UCLA credit. Alabama goes on 11-0 run to tie it, as you said. But then I think it was like a 6-0 from UCLA. It was just It was just a game where, you know, it it was hard to get on top and in command. Now, make more of your free throws and a little bit better from three. Um, And and that's probably not as much of an issue, but uh, it didn't happen. And so UCLA playing its best basketball, you sort of wondered about UCLA probably like you did Alabama in some ways because they had essentially seen lower seed types up to this point. Well, that was a validation win for the Bruins. On Sunday night and in some ways it brought back that feeling from say 30 years ago or so Alabama in the sweet 16 you feel like they got the better team and uh, come up a little bit short and you know what I don't feel 20 anymore good bread so uh, there's no payoff there's no reward
0: for another one of these kind of losses for Alabama no. No, there's definitely not. All right, the Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors uh, here quickly before we move on in the podcast. We're going to start by telling you about North River Dental Associates. I tell you about them every single week. You want to get over there for all your dental needs. Dr. Jack Smalley and his staff of professional dental hygienists will take care of whatever needs you might have. Get in there twice a year for your routine cleaning like you're supposed to. That's going to take you less than an hour, sometimes a lot less than an hour, door-to-door, including your weight. They will get you in and out, and they'll do a fantastic job. Uh, The phone number over there, 752-3506, if you want to make an appointment. You can also visit them online at NorthRiverDentist.com. And I'll tell you, uh, if you're looking for those teeth whitening services, they can do a great job over over there as well at North River Dental. You got an event coming up. You want to look your best. Hey, hop on over there, and uh, they will get you taken care of. Get those teeth, get those pearlies uh, as white as they can be over at North River Dental. Easy to find uh, right off of 82. Uh, you dip down Watermelon Road. It's right there, right next to uh, West Alabama Pediatrics. It's North River Dental Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Southern Ale House right there in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, just like North River Dental. Great place. If you're an Alabama fan or you're just in the Tuscaloosa area in general, especially on Monday, you're going to need a little extra help getting over that case of the Mondays. And Southern Ale House can definitely help you with that. Whether it's lunch, maybe it's one of those great sandwiches like the Yardbird that you've heard me talk about many times before. Can't go wrong with the burger there burgers on Tuesday they do the craft burgers and craft brew pairings on Tuesdays at Southern Alehouse maybe you get there for happy hour always a good time at happy hour at Southern Alehouse dinner is great as well brunch on the weekends you can't beat it Southern Alehouse 1530 McFarland Boulevard North also want to tell you about Heat Pizza Bar downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza such great people there at Heat and the pizza is just outstanding. Sunday was a great day to be at Heat for basketball, other than the result from Indianapolis, because it was all day happy hour at Heat on Sunday. So, if you were there for the Alabama UCLA game, the sort of silver lining and everything is that you enjoyed happy hour specials all day on Sunday. And of course, the pizza. You just can't beat it. Daily specials throughout the week. You always want to check those out. Bar specials as well. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza.
0: Talking Tide Podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in the Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. And uh, we're going to close things out, Travis, kind of with a, a look back, an overview of this Alabama basketball season. Maybe try to bring a little. Overall, you know, the 30,000 foot view, right? Some perspective uh, coming off of this disappointing loss to UCLA in the NCAA tournament. Ultimately, this team ends up in the Sweet 16. They win the SEC regular season title. They win the SEC tournament. They won 26 games, 16 and 2 in league play. And of course, uh, they advanced in the NCAA tournament. Uh, other than one year, when Alabama reached an elite eight under Mark Godfrey, uh, 16 is uh, the deepest penetration uh, that, that the program's had. So uh, really, Travis, a, a quantum leap forward for Nate Oates' program, no matter how you might look at, at this one particular loss.
1: No doubt about it. I do think a win against UCLA, for me at least, would have put this team – at the unquestioned top of the heap of all-time Alabama teams, understanding, I didn't see them all. I didn't see the Rocket 8, okay? I'll go ahead and admit (laughs) that. Don't have a great recollection of even some of the great CM Newton teams, but if you just want to talk about accolades and decoration and accomplishments, regular season championship in the SEC, tournament championship, and would have matched that team for deepest run in the tournament, and I still think this team, you certainly could make a strong argument for in that regard, but yeah, we talked about the seniors and the importance of those guys coming back, and how none of this happens without them. And the future is very bright. I mean, you got a guard coming in here, and JD Davison that you're going to pair with a really solid core coming back. Quinterly, you're anticipating Primo Shackelford. And Jawan Gary, there's a lot of reasons to be very excited about Alabama basketball. You still got a couple of recruits in the late period that are out there. Charles Bediaco is a big post. A guy you'll like good, bread. He's a big man, a legit mm-hmm. big man. Pretty man. IMG, yeah. He's he's strongly considering Alabama here late. I uh, should hear something from him in the very near future. Namari Burnett was one of the top 25, 30 players for the 2020 class a year ago, he is transferring out of Texas Tech. He has had Alabama uh, among his candidates as well. We'll see. I mean, there's going to be like a thousand plus guys in the transfer portal this time around. So even for teams like Alabama that have made these kind of runs and had these kind of seasons, you're still not totally sure what the roster is going to look like, Chase.
0: No, you can't be the transfer portal portal is and really it went wild for basketball long before it went wild for football yeah uh but uh yeah for sure you see you see a lot of roster shuffling going on uh in the ncaa basketball offseason but yeah the key losses for sure herb jones obviously moving on sec player of the year alex reese moving on uh petty moving on so a lot to replace for sure jordan bruner uh a graduate student so uh, so, some some pretty serious talent moving on. Uh, but yeah, it, look, you look at Quinterly coming back. I think Quinterly is the most purely talented player on the team. I think he's the most accurate shooter that they have. I think he's the best ball handler they have. He's He probably, if there's a step forward to be had for Quinterly next year, maybe it's to be a little bit more physical on the defensive end. Um, yeah. he, he's not the most stout guy. Uh, from the waist below in terms of holding his ground. Um, and I think that may have something to do with why we saw him coming off the bench as opposed, as opposed to starting and playing, you know, 36, 37 minutes a game. Uh, but that being said uh, with the way he can put the ball in the basket and, and handle it, he's a great place to start. And then you've got the, you know, the primos and the Ellis's and, and some of these yeah. other guys that, that are going to, Uh, Really, I I think, Travis, this, this team will be something to be reckoned with right away once again.
1: Yeah, and what I like about Quinterly is you don't have to wonder, as long as he's on the floor, if you have a guy in a tight spot, late in the shot clock, late in the game, who wants that opportunity. He has total and complete confidence in himself When it comes to the offensive end of the four, I agree with you defensively, anticipate he's going to continue to improve. He has improved uh, where that's concerned. But like in the game against UCLA in overtime when they're down seven there and he takes the three, and I know, I guess it was one of the announcers said that was a little bit of an ill-advised shot. I didn't think it was because I thought it was pretty clear that he was easily the best option. And you're down seven, it's getting late in that OT period. Somebody's got to get it up. And he doesn't have a problem with that. So I, I think that's huge in and of itself. But no doubt, you mentioned, you outlined it, we outlined it. Kind of the anticipated returning roster. And um, uh, you, you had Alex Chiku, a uh, talented freshman, didn't even play this year because he had an Achilles tear. You know, this guy's is 6'10", 6'11", and can do a lot of different things. So no doubt, future is just exceptionally bright for Alabama. This isn't... One of those previous years where Alabama made, even 2004, where they made the run to the eight, and then when it was over, you're like, well, I don't know what next year's going to be like, but that was cool. Well, mm-hmm. you, you get the sense, uh, sustainability going to be more a part of the vernacular when people talk about Alabama men's basketball under Nate Oaks.
0: No doubt about it. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. But hey, stick around for sure. We'll be back again taking a look at spring football practice soon enough. Uh, for Travis Ryder, ObamaOnline.com, and Southern Fried Sports, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.